You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Riddle Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me, as always, from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the one and only Will Greenwood. Will, what's up? Home of the Fantasy Joes Pillows. I'm hoping it sounds a little bit better tonight, a little bit less echo. I'm going to try to project less, everybody. And I also put six couch cushions around the home office. I'm hoping that works out. It's kind of like football training, you know, where you hit with pads, but instead of you know, hit with them, you just place them around the room and hope they do things for you. <laughs> it's a great, my friend. It, it, the home office sounds amazing. And from North Carolina, the one and only Trey Barrett. Trey, what's going on? What's up, fellas? Happy to join you guys tonight, as always. I, I've been really excited. I don't know. I, like yesterday, I was coming home from work, and I'm like, man, I, I really wish. And I, I sent you guys a message. I was like, I really wish we were recording the podcast tonight. Like, I'm just super excited about the, the whole concept of our show tonight, some of the players we're going to talk about. I am uh, psyched to uh, – and, and it's not just the bourbon talking. I mean, that's helping, but <laughs> I am also super – Super excited to, to mix it up with you boys tonight. Trey, you save that till the end. After the fiery hot takes about Devonta Parker finishes wide receiver one. Over, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just had a moment. Let's, let's get into the, the meat of the show. And I say meat because we're going to talk about grilling. We're going to talk about barbecuing. And I want to be careful kind of barbecuing because that's very different things depending on what region of the country you're from. So let's just stick with grilling. So this is going to be our Dynasty Grilling Buys and Maybe Sells episode. So we are going to talk about Dynasty assets you might want to consider acquiring uh, and, and compare them to something you might enjoy when you're grilling out this summer. You know, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's the kind of uh, unofficial start to summer, right? And a lot of us are going to be grilling out this weekend. And when you're grilling out, I want you to think about your Dynasty teams. And I want you to think about players you could add to them to make them great. And I want you to think about some players you might want to ship off because they're not going to help your dynasty team. So without further ado, let's kick it off with Trey. Trey, are you going to do any grilling this weekend? And when you're grilling, what are you going to grill? And what, what do you associate that with um, in terms of players for your dynasty teams? Well, I'll be honest. I don't expect to do any grilling this weekend. Um, I would love to, but I'm on call uh, at the <laughs> hospital. And uh, so I, I fully anticipate – it's, it's funny, my wife actually texts me a couple times this week and she's asked me, hey, are you off on Monday? And I, never, I didn't respond because technically I'm off, but I'm on call, so I have to go in. And Anyway, I, I'm, not, I'm not probably doing any, any grilling, which kind of made this whole exercise a little bit of a tease. Um, but, but I do have one. So th- this is a really wonderful I, – I, I feel like you guys kill these – analogies and and these, you know, connections much better than I I feel like mine are always pretty lame, but I had a really good one this, this time. And it's, there's this beer out there that's made by new Belgium. It's an IPA. It's called Citradelic IPA. And if, if you've never had it, it's definitely worth a try. It's a, a, as as you can imagine for the title, it's like a citrus, you know, there, there's the oranges and, and I think even a little bit of grapefruit in there. It's, it's a really nice, well, you know, my wife tried it. She's like, Hey, you got to try this IPA. I think you'll like it. And this is like a year ago at the time. I didn't really like IPA. So I was like, nah, I, I'm not really interested. I tried. I was like, nah, well now I love it. It's like, I, I've kind of, you know, my, my 
taste buds are, are ever evolving as I get older and I, I'm enjoying IPAs a little more now. And this Citradelic IPA is my favorite. And, and that really brings me to a guy that is kind of fits that same pattern for me. And that's Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Ryan, a team I think you're very familiar with. Yeah, I've seen a couple of games. I, you know, our listeners probably think, Trey, you're maybe being a little hypocritical here because I remember last offseason, you were recommending Allen Robinson as a sell, okay? And you're right. Just like this Citradelic IPA, last offseason, I was like, ah, I'm good. I, I'll pass. Because last offseason, Allen Robinson's ADP was 25 overall, right? This guy was going at the beginning of the third round last year, coming off of an injury, going to a new offense with a quarterback we had a lot of questions about. No thank you for the top of the third round, okay? Now, let's fast forward 12 months. We're here in May of 2019. His ADP is right around 52, right? So this is mid-fifth round. It's wide receiver 26. And to me, Allen Robinson is now in his second season of this. The whole Chicago Bears offense is in their second season, going into their second season with Matt Nagy, who we all believe in, right? There's still some questions surrounding Mitch Trubisky, yes. But go back and look at some of the numbers that Allen Robinson put up the last few games of last year. The playoff game where he was hyper-targeted, put up over 100 yards and a touchdown. I think that at an ADP of 52, Allen Robinson is kind of a forgotten guy right now. Like he's not a guy being talked up anywhere. I don't think he's a guy that's being really highly valued. Um, I talked about this earlier in the offseason. I made a trade where I sold A.J. Green for Allen Robinson and and I think a, a future maybe second. That's a deal that I love right now because I think Allen Robinson is set to have a really good season. I don't think his 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns that he put up in, in Jacksonville is probably something we're going to see again from him. But I am predicting an 1,100-yard, 11-touchdown season for Allen Robinson, a top 15 wide receiver year. He's only 25 years old. Allen Robinson is a guy for me that is a buy in every, in every capacity for every team, whether you're rebuilding contending. I love Allen Robinson because of, because of the price. His, his ADP is essentially double what it was last year this time. All right. Very good, Trey. Um, yeah, Allen Robinson, I, I like your, your points about him. I think that Bears offense is going to take a leap. Maybe that's my own bias kicking in, but Mitch Trubisky should be better. They, they should, they've, they've had another year together. And it's a, you know, you're always better with another year under yourself when you've you know, started learning a new offense. Will, you want to jump in on, on um, Allen Robinson, or do you want to jump into your first grilling dynasty buy? Well, I think Allen Robinson is a fair buy and a great person to call out. Um, I guess if you're, if you're going to grill an IPA, that's grilling Allen Robinson. Uh, no, I actually, I, I liked him <laughs> last year, and he's just, he's just cheap. Um, and he's one of those alphas. Again, the, you know, they added Anthony Miller. They now had Cordell Patterson and uh, Taylor Gabriel. So there, there are a lot of players on the team. But to me, there's still only one alpha receiver on that depth chart, and that would be Allen Robinson. So I think, if, if, if anything, you know, if he doesn't increase in yards or, or go anything too higher, I could see him still getting double digit or like going for double digit touchdowns pretty easily. And that wouldn't surprise me too much. Or we'll just really find out that 
that one 14 touchdown, 1400 yard year was not really, really him at all. Uh, and that he was just like similar to Alan Hearns and they were just factors of that situation. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested in his contract kind of speaks to that too. Cause I don't think the bears owe him a ton after this year uh, with, with how they signed him. So I, I love the pick with Alan Robinson. I think his upside is immense as an alpha and uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board. The, my grilling experience, and this is what I want to, I want to just chat a little bit about when we talk about grilling. Uh, so I have a buddy of mine here. He works in the pork industry, and he once brought out uh, to grill these, these like, let's say, like, inch and a half thick pork chops, and they're high-end pork products. Yeah, baby. His, yeah, he actually has, a, like, like, it's a, like an uncle that's in the pork business from Iowa, which Iowa's the biggest pork-producing state. Booyah! Uh, there, there's nothing better, Will, than a well-cooked pork chop, like a tomahawk pork chop. I mean – you go to a place that can do it in the Midwest. You can do it in Iowa, Illinois. Go to, go to Ditka's restaurant in Chicago. Get an amazing pork chop. But anyway, I'm not trying to say your thunder. Go ahead. No, the thing is, uh, I think a lot of people think like pork tenderloin, like a little thin, wimpy pork chop that you no, get no, at no. a store that's like super cheap. Throw that stuff in the trash. That is a horrible eating experience. It's grainy. It's going to like pull apart. You know, you like the stretchy. I don't even know what that is. Like the it's like collagen or tendons in between there. It's hard to cut, but a nice thick, well, like or a nice thick pork chop that's that's a good quality meat and is cooked well, uh, slices easily. It's a great eating experience. It's not messy whatsoever. You do like a little dry rub on there if you want to. You really just need like some salt and pepper maybe to bring out the flavors of the pork. But anyway, it's absolutely delicious. Not a lot of people know about it. And the I feel like I've over talked the pork chop now for my player comparison because uh, it's I'm not as excited about this. This, this player and it kind of pains me because I was super high on this running back coming out in the draft class Ryan we were in uh, the Empire Dynasty League and I took him over Alvin Kamara uh, thinking that this is you know this is such a great landing spot this is what we can do I believe in him so much and that was a huge mistake overall or maybe I didn't take him over Alvin Kamara but I was trying to trade up to take him before Alvin Kamara was taken anyway uh, my, my player here is gonna be Marlon Mack and I'm really coming around on him and I know he's not under the radar and he's not, uh, you know, somebody that, that other people aren't talking about. But I think, we, I think a lot of people are missing a lot of what he is as, for his athletic profile. So I was looking at player profiler and grabbing his stats, things like that, and kind of putting everything together for this episode. And he actually compares very well uh, to, to Miles Sanders' athletic. He didn't run the agility drills, but I'd be shocked, you know, if he was even close to what he could do. And I don't think he's even touched his receiving upside in, in the Indianapolis Colts offense. So he had, I think it was like 38 targets last year, max, and a little over 200 yards receiving. And I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't go, let's, let's not say Ezekiel Elliott level, but if he doubles those targets, I wouldn't be overly surprised. He's a three down back. Uh, he's big enough, can handle the load, and has shown that when he gets the, the starting role in that offense, he's a, a running back one. And so coming into this year, I think he's a, is a, a, a cheap buy at this moment. And uh, the guy you want to have at the barbecue, because he's the thick cut pork chop. Hey, well, when you say he's a cheap buy, what do you think it would cost you to, to get him? Because I, I think that he's at least going to cost you uh, um, a 2021st at the, at the very least, don't you think? I mean, people well, aren't going to give up Marlon Mack for cheap. So what I was looking at with this, too, is we, we do a lot of uh, Dynasty League football ADP. And I was actually looking at Dynasty Football Factory's ADP. He was going as running back 21 uh, overall. 
and I think he was going in the beginning of the fourth round uh, of a dynasty startup. And I think his draft capital like leaves him out there for a lot of vulnerability along with a little bit of injury history, but on a prolific offense with a great quarterback and a good offensive line, along with showing you what he could do at the end of last year. Uh, I, I mean, if, if you were going to give a 2021st for Marlon Mack, you'd probably get something on top of that. If it's not a team that's going to try to contend now and, and that just be- that betters your team and makes your pick worse. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I have mixed lanes about him, and I, I, I made a trade where I dealt him away for a 2021st and then a, also a early second rounder this year. I, I think one thing about Marlon Mack you got to watch out, it, it, it's kind of like if you eat that thick-cut pork chop, depending on how your body reacts, you might you know, get some bad heartburn with that, depending on what else you have with it. And I think that's what might happen with Marlon Mack, where it tastes delicious, like that pork chop, but then it's like later you're like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I shouldn't have ate that, um, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that, because I do, I do think there's some warning signs there. I, I think, uh, you know, for, I don't think he's going to catch a lot of targets. I think with Naheem Hines there, and I think with Paris Campbell, I, I worry about him getting some targets in, in that offense. And and I, you know, I think there's the, you know, he doesn't have the draft pedigree as we've we've alluded to before. I think on Marlon Mack on the show and. Um, I, I do worry that he's not – the durability is a concern. That being said, you could have a – it could be an outstanding experience this year. It, it, you could sit down and have that thick-cut pork chop that is Marlon Mack, and he could ride you to a fancy title. I know that's one of the range of outcomes, but I don't know that I want to go out and, like, buy him. Like, you know, what I did, I had, a, had two shares, and I, I unloaded one of them, and I'm holding on to another one. So that's kind of where – I'm kind of in the middle with him. So, Trey, what do you think about Marlon Mack? Well, I think you you talking about Marlon Mack riding someone to a fantasy title is a little interesting. Um, I, you know, here, here's, it's, it's, it's look at him in the season trade. It's certainly possible. No, no, I mean, you no, can, no, have, no, you can no. have a monster stretch in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I was just playing. I, I think you know you. I think you meant to say that we could ride him to a fantasy title, not him riding us. Oh yes, but yes, yes, yes. My, yeah. Sorry. No, no, so, no. My, I, my bad. No, I might have had a – and I'm totally sober tonight. I haven't had any of those New Belgium Citadelic IPAs, so my bad. Well, I mean, get with the program, man. It's, it's time, to, time, to, time to try it out. So, actually, while you were talking about Marlon Mack, Will, I, I was legitimately curious because he's a guy – I don't think I have any shares of Marlon Mack, maybe one in the best fall Same. league. And so I pulled up the DLF trade finder and I'm just going to read off three trades that I found here that are fairly simple trades. All have happened in the last month. Um, the first one is Marlon Mack and um, Marlon Mack for Christian Kirk and a 2021st. Um, that, that's one trade. There's another trade that's uh, just straight up Marlon Mack for a 2021st. Um, and then there's one trade that is uh, Marlon Mack for Sammy Watkins and 111, which I'm guessing that's 2019. So, you know, I, I feel like based on those prices, I may be a seller of Marlon Mack, but I'll be honest with you. There's, there's a part of me lately that kind of feels like I'm having to change some of my, you know, uh, everybody likes to win. Um, and everybody likes to have a young roster that's set up to win year over year over year, right? And, and I do really feel like Marlon Mack is probably going to be a top 12 to 15 running back in 2019. So I, I do feel like that Marlon Mack is one of those guys, you know, in 24 months, is he still the running back of the Indianapolis Colts? I don't know. But if you've got a team that's set up to win now and you feel like you're a playoff contender, would I give my 2021st if running back was weak for me? 
to lock up Marlon Mack? Absolutely. Now, that offense is going to be, I think, absolutely unbelievable in 2019. And I think that he's a great buy for the right team. So, yeah, I think, you know, given the context of those trades, I think if you're a contender and you need to add a running back, I think he's going to be cheaper than a lot of the other top 12 or 15 running backs next year. Put it that way, you know, up against a Mixon or a Chubb or, you know, and he may outperform those guys in PPR leagues. Um, and his price is certainly going to be cheaper than those guys. So, uh, so another part, yeah, another part that I was looking at with Marlon Mack, so he's going into his third year you know, of his rookie contract. Uh, you, you'd almost likely the Colts are not going to use a first-round pick on a running back with the way that uh, GM team is, leading, is leading, what, leading the team. I would be absolutely floored if they did. And so let's say they take a second or third round or, or you know, a higher prospect next year. I feel like Marlon Mack could maybe still stick out that fourth year so now you've gotten two years of starting production of the Colts running back. So he had uh, – he actually had more targets his rookie year than he did last year because they added Naheem Hines. And that receiving core last year, I think we forget, that was an absolute dumpster fire mess. Uh, and just in general, with T.Y. Hilton, he ended up with a decent season. But the whole – like the whole like pass catchers on that team, it wasn't a great scenario. I think if he gets a little more solidified and has some more – he's just he needs to stay healthy in that offense – I think then he's going to get just more checkdowns and passes to him from luck. I mean, there's no shortage of targets. Regardless of who they added or who they lost, uh, that team passes a lot. So for him to add 50 targets is a blink of the eye, I feel like, in that Colts offense to me. Yeah, well, well said, well said. So interesting guy, Marlon Mack. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does this year. Let's move on to, um, to my grill. And I'm going to be grilling a lot this weekend. And one of the things we do really well in Illinois, probably even better than Iowa, is corn. So the great thing about corn on the cob is that it's, it's a staple, right? It, it's a staple. But the problem with corn on the cob is after you eat it, you get the, the, the stuff caught in your teeth, right? You got to get the floss out. Unless you, um, uh, you know, cut the, you know, corn off of the, um, the, the, the cob like my, my wife does, which is crazy. She's from Maryland. So anyway, I don't do that. <laughs> I, I eat it right off of the cob and then I, the stuff's caught my teeth. So I think a guy that's going to be like that, that could, that could really help your fantasy team in the tight end position. And I changed Wait, There's nothing like getting the whole kernel out though. When you're eating corn of the cob, and yeah. you get like the full bite of full. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Nothing gets in the teeth. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. And, and Jared cook could be amazing for you. Like, like good corn on the cob. Um, and, and I was looking at some recent deals for him. I've seen, I saw a league where you could get him for the three Oh six. Okay. The 2019 three Oh six. So I was looking at the tight end targets in new Orleans in 2018, 91 targets to the tight ends. So you had Watson, you had Dan Arnold, you had, I think it was Josh Hill, right? So 91 targets. Cook had 101 targets in Oakland. So I think you can project there being the same amount of targets there, and I just think he's going to get better opportunities. I think he's going to catch more of those passes because it's Drew Brees throwing the ball. I think he could have six, seven, eight touchdowns pretty easily in, in New Orleans. So if you have tight end issues, I would consider trying to send a third or or shopping for Jared Cook because I think he's going to have a good year this year. Now, you know, down the road, you may be faced with a guy. You've got you've got this, you know, the stuff caught in your teeth. You got to clean out. He's not worth very much. But Jared Cook's always been a talented tight end. We know as tight ends get older in this league, they start to produce more and more. So, I mean, what? what, I mean, you can get him for a three oh six. If you can get him for, I'm not saying that's going to happen every league, but if you're a contender and the the team that owns Jared Cook is not. I think you can get him for cheap, and I think he can help your team, especially if you don't have one of those 
big three tight ends. So Jared Cook's my guy. He's my my corn on the cob, a guy that I'm going to try to get in my leagues where I need a tight end and I'm a contender. He costs a dollar a pound. So I, I was looking up Jared Cook. Uh, fun pop quiz. Who was Jared Cook drafted by? Tennessee the Titans. There we go. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Uh, what was his best receiving year of his career? It wasn't a 2018? It was last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who does player profiler have as his best comparable? This is just kind of a fun one on the side. It's Kobe Fleener. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I was, uh, like, I was looking at Jared Cook, and I think – so the Raiders' offense last year got rid of all the receiving weapons and brought in uh, – like, like nothing. And I think like, Jared Cook did have a good year. And he's always been that, like, joke is, is that he's the constant sleeper. Somehow Jared Cook has never woken up. He's always a sleeper. He's always undervalued. He's always underdrafted. And if an offense can bring it out of him, hopefully it's the Saints. But I don't necessarily trust that that's going to be Drew Brees' guy. For the 306, though, in a rookie draft, Ryan, all, all day. That's going to be in-season sweet corn on the grill. That's going to be delicious. You're going to be satisfied worth every penny but if i'm in a tight end premium league and i feel like people are selling tight ends for a high value i might try to go and shop jared cook and see what i can get for him because i i, I you know if he finishes is is tight end you know like, like eight or nine that's not all that valuable overall versus like the tight end you know 11 or 12 or something like that like that that gap so maybe i can improve a different position with jared cook is that kick in piece i think one of the great things about jared cook too though when i look at new orleans in particular is that like obviously Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are going to be your two studs when it comes to targets. And then after that, it's, it's a big drop off. And I think he could easily be like their number three target in the offense. I mean, if everything goes right. So I think he's a guy you could plug in and feel comfortable as, as a, a plug and play tight end. So um, I know he was up and down in Oakland last year. He had some big weeks and there's some weeks you played him and you're like, eh. but that's kind of the tight end position, right? Trey, what do you think about um, our, our, our guy, Jared Cook? Or corn on the cob. Cosign. Like, I, I'm not going to go super in-depth as far as the take. I, I agree with you. I think at the price, I think he's great. I think short-term production is going to be great. That offense is outstanding. Um, I do want to tell a quick story, though, that's kind of unrelated. But <laughs> come on, everybody loves stories. And I've, I've had a couple drinks tonight. So I'm going to rewind you guys to 2013, okay? This is, this is kind of my first year getting back into fantasy football after being out of it effectively when I was in college. I have a buddy that talked me into playing the fantasy football league with him. And uh, so we went through the draft, and, and I don't remember a lot about my team, but I do remember that week one, my starting tight end was Jared Cook. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2013, Jared Cook, playing for the St. Louis Rams, had seven catches for 141 yards, and two touchdowns, and I won my first fantasy football matchup by like 40 points, and I thought that I was God's gift to fantasy football. I Actually, you know what? I, one thing I do remember, I believe that was the same year Trent Richardson might have been my first round, first round draft choice, and I, I think I proceeded to go like two and nine or two and ten that year. It was awful, but week one, like I destroyed my opponent because of Jared Cook, and so like literally – the first, my first few years in, in dynasty fantasy football, I, I was like kind of jaded over this tight end position. Like, you know, as I'm learning, uh, which I think yeah. we, we can kind of appreciate, right? Like it, tight end is still kind of this quagmire. 
Um, but I, I do think I think Jared Cook's going to deliver, you know, some some big weeks, some low weeks. But I think consistently, if if you're not getting one of the you know top three or four, what I consider to be elite tight ends from a a redraft perspective, I think Jared Cook's a very serviceable option. Um, and, and for for a dynasty contender, um, Jared Cook's a great guy to have on your roster. All right, let's move. Like, like on rookie pick value. Sorry to, to chime in again, but no, uh, I have a point about that too. Go ahead. Yeah, for the for the contender aspect, yeah, he's a good backup. I, if you're a contender and you need a tight end to put you over the top, don't go Jared Cook. Go bigger. Go and try to grab that guy who has a team that's struggling and pay a little bit more for one of the for for Ertz or Kelsey. I don't know. Like Jared Cook's fine, but if if you get him cheap, he's good to go. But I, I would honestly. His week in and went out production, week in and week out production, I don't know. If, if, if you're going to rely on that, especially come like the last weeks of the season, I just don't trust it. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's interesting. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to inquire, but it might be hard to, to get one of those top three guys. I mean, you may have to pay up a lot. You may not have enough um, to, to do that. So it's definitely worth considering. Um, the, but the other thing I was going to say about this too, when I talked about like you can get him for like a, a third round pick this year, Maybe you pay a late second for him. Like, think about the tight ends that you would maybe get in these rookie drafts. I mean, as much as I like Erst Smith Jr. and and Sternberger and stuff, remember, these younger tight ends are probably not going to produce. So don't think that you can, you know, grab someone in your rookie drafts and, and plug them in. But, um, but I, I think he's a bridge tight end. I, I think he's a good bridge tight end. And Oh, yeah, yeah. And I want to speak to that real quick because I, I feel like that could be – so. I own Kelsey in quite a few leagues. I've, I've been a big believer in Travis Kelsey, and I think, Ryan, you own him in some leagues. So, you know, I, I'll have to tell you, for me right now, because of the fact, like, you know, rewind 36 months when Gronk was, like, dominating the tight end position. Like, I feel like that's where Kelsey is. So, for me, Kelsey, like, if, if you come to me right now in a, in a league where I own Kelsey, non-tight end premium, like you're going to overpay. You're going to pay me like top 10 overall player value for Kelsey or I'm not selling. Right. So I, like, I, I know what you're saying, Will, as far as going out and buying a Kelsey and Ertz or a, a Kittle or, or an Ingram who I expect to kind of take a jump this year. But I feel like that the price you're going to pay for those guys, you know, like for me, like if you came to me right now in a league where I own Kelsey and said, I'll give you Amari Cooper in a 2021st for Travis Kelsey. I'm going to say no thanks because Kelsey is a positional advantage. Unlike many other players, like he's on the level of a Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes or Andrew Luck and Superflex. Like, you know, the positional advantage of, of those guys is so great. I think it could be really, really tough to buy those guys. So while, while I don't disagree, I'm all for buying those guys. If you can, you know, when you're talking about getting a guy like Jared cook, who could put up a, a, a 10 or 12 or 15 point week on any given week with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And you can get him for a third round pick or a late second round pick or, or something on that along those lines. I, I would much rather invest that price. So not, not to, I'm not, I'm not trying to just poo poo your, your thoughts. Will. I'm just coming kind of on the flip side of that. I, I think acquiring one of those top tight ends right now with the dynasty landscape, of tight end could be really challenging. For me, you'd really have to overpay to get one of those guys from me. I, I will say, I think you guys are both right, because but I think it is definitely worth it. So we're in a league, the League of Ballers, where this trade went down. Uh, 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 one of the unders that's contending, 
need, needed help with the tight end position. So he acquired Zach Ertz and he gave up, this is a super flex league. He, he gave, gave up the 2019 106, 306, and then a 2020 second round pick. So for him, he wanted to go all in this year. I don't think that's a ridiculous price to pay to get a guy like Zach Ertz. So I think, I think it does depend, you know, on, you know, situation. And, and, and that's an example of a trade. I saw it. I, I said something in the chat, like, Oh man, you know, I, th- I feel like that was a good deal for Kelsey, but, but the, you know, I, I, in hindsight, the more I talked to, to the, to the guy that acquired the, um, 106, 306 and 2022nd, he's rebuilding. So it kind of, it made sense for both of them at the end of the day. I mean, I think they're both happy and that's not too high of a price to pay. I don't think for, for us, a stud tight end. So it, it's possible. Yeah, it's just to inquire, too, about those owners of the tight ends. Just because, I mean, Trey, you see the positional value of Kelsey, but somebody might also have just listened to a podcast where Kelsey's sneaking up on 30 on us. He's going to be 30 in October of next year. So early in the season, he's going to be a 30-year-old tight end. Wah, wah, wah. And I think people are going to be down on his dynasty value, and if they're not contending early, you might be able to scoop him up. I think Kelsey, to me, like, he's reaching – like – he should probably be considered in the same uh, thoughts, just like Gronk was two years ago, especially with the Tyree kill news. I mean, his production, I, I fully expect Zach Ertz and George Kittle, and I've, I've talked about this before, I fully expect those two guys to regress from what they produced last year because both of them it was career highs in significant manners for different reasons. I expect Zach Ertz and George Kittle to both move back from what they produced last year. It would not shock me at all for Travis Kelsey to produce more than he did last year. So I think this time next year we'll be talking about Travis Kelsey as a positional advantage of of even greater proportion than he is now. And and I know that there's a lot of hope for guys like O.J. Howard and Hunter Henry and uh, Evan Ingram, who I really like. But putting up like – 100 catches for 13 or 1400 yards and 10, 12 touchdowns. I mean, that's massive. And I think that this time next year, I, I believe Travis Kelsey this year is going to be tight end one by probably 50 points. That's my prediction. Again, if he gets injured, you know, all belts are off. But if, if, if the top eight tight ends this year all play 16 games, I expect Kelsey to outscore tight end two by 50 points. Wow. That's I, I'm, I'm high on Kelsey too, Trey, but that's, that's a bold statement. And he's got the foot injuries coming off of, so he's not 100% healthy either. One thing about Kelsey that I like is he doesn't really miss time. I think in his career he missed like one week because of a concussion. So the guy has a track record of, of playing, uh, which, you, you know, you look at Ertz, there's some, you know, some, a little bit of injury history there. And I, I think Kittle has pretty much played, um, you know, he's only been in the league for a couple of years, but I, th- I think he's been pretty consistent too. He's been in there two years, so he's set the receiving record for tight ends. You think he's just gonna like cap out of that? Is that what <laughs> well, I was ridiculous. Like, he, he, he was the only show in town, and he was playing with his college quarterback. Like, I mean, I just like there's just no way he would dominate. He's not getting 130. I think he did best targets. games though with Garoppolo. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Let's let's move on from t- tight end talk. You know, it's as as much fun as it is to talk about tight ends. So we we love tight ends. I want to talk about the tight end 18. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we move on well, you can save that for <laughs> rooted davis coming back this year all right uh, trey i think you're up what you're i know you're not you're not on the grill you're, you're working but after, after you get home from work 
You're not on call anymore. <laughs> what, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be sending out deals for, for what, what, what guy? All right, listen, th- this is, I, I struggled. Like, I didn't know if we would get to all of our guys. I didn't want to go first with this. This, this is the, this is the creme de la creme. Okay. You guys know um, that I'm a fan of bourbon. Okay. The, the, for, for listeners of the show, this is not new information. And, and there's a bourbon for me um, as a, a middle-class American that stands above the rest. That bourbon is Angel's Envy. All right. When other bourbons stop, Angel's Envy finishes. Ladies and gentlemen of the Jerry's pickup line. If you <laughs> I love it. Oh. <laughs> Listen, when other podcasts stop, the Fantasy Joes finish. So Listen, this, this is for me. This, this is one of the guys. That, <laughs> so, so I don't get it. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 no. Just, I just plugged it in. Like I just exchanged uh, bourbons for pie. We're yeah. good. I love it. This is great. Like, yeah. We it, this is a holiday weekend show. We're releasing a holiday weekend. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I, so this for me, this, this is a guy that I'm excited about. I've acquired a couple shares. I'll just start by telling you, I essentially, the the trade encompassed a couple other pieces, but I essentially sold the 2019 103 for this guy. And I couldn't be happier in a singular, singular trade. It was a non super flex league. Okay. So I I fully anticipate in that league that Josh Jacobs goes 101 and probably Miles Sanders 102. I would have given the 102 for this running back. And that's Derrick Henry. I am, am a buyer of Derrick Henry. And, you know, I know that there's been a lot made of the way that he finished last year. There, there's been a lot made of um, the Tennessee offense and, and Marcus Mariota, and there's been some changes that have taken place there. So I went in and did a little bit of a deep dive on Derrick Henry. Okay, so I went in and looked last year the number 12 running back averaged about 16 touches a game. Okay. So I'm back on Derrick Henry's career, right? The last three years, been in the NFL for three years since coming out of university of Alabama, the games I went, I went and looked and 16 touches a game is what I looked at the number 12 running back, how many touches they have a uh, top 12 in touches, number 12 running back in touches averages about 16 touches a game. So I went and looked at Derrick Henry's career all three years, I only looked at games where he got 16 or more touches. And, you know, because we are a uh, – thanks to Greenwood Analytics, we are an extrapolation uh, bunch here. I went ahead and extrapolated. So, in I mean, Derrick Henry's career – You can extrapolate anything in Greenwood Analytics. I mean, you can extrapolate anything. You extrapolate and, that orange to grapefruit. And I'll be honest, th- th- for me, this wasn't to prove a point. This was because I was generally wanting to dive into Derrick Henry. So, I – looked at 16 touches a game, right? I took, he has had 10 games in his NFL career where he actually, that's not true. He's had 11. I only looked at 10 of them and I'll get to that in a minute. 11 games in his NFL career over three years where he's had 16 or more touches. And I extrapolated that out, not to 16 games. I went to 15 games, right? Because NFL running backs can miss a game. That's the fantasy season, I, those 15 games. Yep. Wow. So, so fit over a 15-game season, I extrapolated Derrick Henry's um, games where he has had 16 or more touches. 
And I want to tell you in 2018, he would have scored 254 fantasy points, 1,649 total yards and 12 touchdowns for an RB9 finish. Okay. Now, listen, I know some of you are saying, but wait, listen, he had that one game where he went for like 238 yards rushing and four touchdowns. So that's going to skew everything. You know what? You're absolutely right. I left that out. Okay. I left out the 238 yard four touchdown game. RB nine is where this guy would have the the, the game after that too. Why would I have done that? The 170 yard game against. Well, I mean, he had 33 rushes. I mean, listen, this is Derrick Henry has every opportunity to be a top 12 to top 15 running back coming into this season. The Tennessee Titans have come out and said, you know, we, we kind of expected it last year, right? He fit, this is, we, we've heard this song before, right? We've heard the story. He finished 2017, right? The last half of 2017, he finished on a little bit of a tear. And everybody thought coming into last year that he was going to, you know, be the workhorse. And I'm, I'm not even – I don't need him to rush the ball 25 times. I, I mean, of these – Throwing out that one game, of the 10 games I looked at, five of those games, he didn't even hit 70 yards rushing, okay? So, I, I mean, half of the games that I looked at, he did not even have seven, 70 yards rushing. I'm talking about touchdown upside. He's obviously not a guy that's going to catch the ball a lot. But the, the value right now that you can get on Derrick Henry, and this is I've acquired two shares in the last two weeks. And, and, and so I think Derrick Henry is a guy, for me, that has an incredible opportunity moving forward. And I think that it's an offense that's going to give him the ball. He's the kind of running back that is going to need to touch the ball. I mean, 16 touches a game over a 15-game sample size is like 306 touches. I mean, it's a lot of touches. But I, I think Derrick Henry is a guy that the more you give him the ball, the more of an opportunity he's going to have. And I love his opportunity. I think that he's an RB1 in 2019. And I'm super, super stoked. Just like I am about my bourbon, Angel's Envy. It's top of the line. Derrick Henry, for me, is a strong buy. In redraft leagues, in, in every dynasty league where I can get him, Derrick Henry is going to be a guy that I want on my roster. And again, it, the, the leagues I've acquired him have been half PPR leagues. So, you know, in standard leagues, he's a huge buy because he doesn't catch the ball much. In full PPR, you know, I'm, I actually – he was RB9. The extrapolation data I did made him RB9 in full PPR. So, you know, he still has immense value in PPR, but yeah. I think he's a great buy. Yeah, he's not going to catch many balls. I mean, he had 18 targets last year, so they're not going to use him on the passing game. <laughs> Probably did for some touchdown regression, 12 touchdowns. And I, I think the thing, too, when I look look at his his game logs, Trey, and, and I, you could be absolutely right, but the thing that makes me nervous is I don't think Tennessee's going to be very good. And there's a correlation between games they won and games they lost. And when they lost, they were playing really behind. His numbers are horrible. But games they won or keeping the lead, he was great. So I, I do worry about that. I mean – I think he's going to be a frustrating guy to own because, man, talk about boom bust. I mean, either he booms or he busts. I mean, there's Ryan, no, there's no in between. Dude, it's I, like, it's I, like, it's like, it's like, it's I, like best ball guy, 49 yards and no catches. Great. Oh, yeah. Love this guy for best ball. Yeah, I, but I, here's, here's the thing. You, 
Ryan, you just painted the most beautiful picture for me because I don't, do you guys, do you guys remember last year, the Tennessee Titans? Do you remember how their season ended? They lost the Colts for the playing game. Yeah, but but also playing game. But but in the fantasy playoffs, they uh they they, they rolled. I mean, there's there's no question about that. But 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 they had a chance to make the playoffs, right? In week seventeen. Yeah, they're like the Bills. It's fine. Yeah, they they did. So, listen, eleven games, okay? Eleven games that I just referenced, where they've in in the three year career of Derrick Henry, eleven games that they've given Derrick Henry sixteen or more touches. What would you guess the Titans' record is? Let me just save you. It's probably, it's probably pretty good. It's ten and one. They are ten and one when they've given Derrick Henry sixteen touches in the last three years. The only loss, no, the only loss of those eleven games was that Week Seventeen game last year against a. An, Let's just be honest. The Colts last year at the end of the season were one of the top five teams in the NFL. And the they, had to feed him, they had to feed him. That was their offense because uh, Marietta was out. Yeah, so I, I'm just telling you, if, if I'm the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> last really year – He only had 17 touches. It's not like they rode Derrick Henry to try to compete. Well, yeah, how many rushing yards do he have? 93. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I'm just telling you, if I'm the Tennessee Titans, you're coming into the, this offseason as a major transition for them. It's Marcus Mariota has going into the last year of his rookie contract. There, there's a lot at stake. You're talking about a team, though, that just barely missed the playoffs last year, despite the fact that their quarterback situation was awful. They've got Corey Davis coming into his third year. They're adding A.J. Brown to that offense. They're welcoming back um, – his name totally eluded me. They're tight end. That is not – Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. They're wa- welcoming back Delaney Walker. They signed Adam Humphreys. I believe the Tennessee Titans are in a position where they can take some steps forward. I believe that they will be in contention for a playoff spot. I do think that the Colts are the class of that organiz- of that division. But I believe that if you're – Sitting there. I mean, the games in his three-year career where they've given Derrick Henry 16 or more touches, they're 10-1. and one. You can't argue against that. So I think that they're going to utilize him as a workhorse. And I think that Derrick Henry is the kind of running back that if you give him 10 touches, he's not going to perform. If you give him 20 touches, seven times out of 10, he's going to be a top five running back. When you're inside yeah. the 10-yard line, Derrick Henry is going to get the ball. Yeah. So. I I understand the question. I get it. It's a risk, but if if right now if I have the 103 or later in a half PPR or standard rookie draft that's non superflex, I would give that pick for Derrick Henry a hundred times out of a hundred. I love the passion. I love yeah. the passion, Trey. I mean, you you can't beat the passion. I'm all I, in. I, I know. I would also, also take that deal every time too. I wish I wish that. I had <laughs> <laughs> and you and Derek Henry, um, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I you know just just to, we've we've gone on qu- quite a long time about Derek Henry, but the ASC South, I think all those teams are better than them. I think Houston, Indianapolis, and yes, dare I say, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be better than the Titans. We'll see. I yeah. Mary, I think a Mariota can feel his arm, and he has a decent year. I think Henry could have a huge year. So the, anyway, the Titans' well, offensive coordinator too has grown up in the Titans since 2011. He was the defensive quality control coach in 2011 and switched to the offensive quality control coach in 2012. Uh, and then just basically came up on other assistants and then was a tight end coach 2016 through 2018. 
uh, and they got promoted to offensive coordinator. So you have a guy who's been with that team. He knows the players very well. He knows how to work things. I'm, I'm very interested to see how his tutelage and how that offense ends up working out. Uh, overall, that, that, it's, it's, a, it's a team where you can maybe get some buy lows because they can't do much worse than last year, right, uh, on the Titans. It just is uh, – I, I honestly don't think Derrick Henry, at his size and his, his agility, it, it, I just don't think he's that good. And, and I'm okay with, with passing in that sense. But I, but I don't mind buying – like, if you, like, if you like Derrick Henry, you want to buy him, I'm all for it too. Like, I, I don't have that strong of a take. I just would rather sell than buy at your price, Trey. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. like, put in a group chat – Hey, it's a stupid deal. But I'll tell you as there is say that. <laughs> that that's good. Now, just to show some things. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you uh, why don't we move on from Derrick Henry? Um, and why don't we move on to another favorite of, uh, you know, your, your cookouts and Memorial Day weekend? Yeah. So the uh, cookouts and Memorial Day weekend, one, so it's not just all about grilling. It's not, it's not just all about everything else. You got to have some fruits and, it's pretty big in Iowa. Actually, Muscatine, Iowa, grows quite a bit of watermelon. And watermelon is, I think, a must at, 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 these, at all cookouts. You think you're going to eat this delicious, juicy, and, and just amazing watermelon slice. But then you find out, as soon as you bite into it, it's too hard. There's no juice. It wasn't ripe. It was terrible. And you were just, you know, your expectations were so much higher than what the, the actual experience was. And this goes back to another tight end. And I kind of put this in here after looking at the other tight ends is I think Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald is my watermelon of the cookout. I've seen him being, you know, ranked a lot higher as a, you know, in the top five tight ends for next year, people are buying him uh, where they can get him. They think with, with uh, Antonio Brown gone, how that offense is going to work out uh, that he's going to like take this, this massive, massive, massive leap into where uh, Vance McDonald can be. And I think the only reason people are thinking that is in week two, he slammed that guy into the ground and scored, and scored that long touchdown. And that's the only thing we've been living on since then. He only hit over 50 yards two more times last year. I think he had no more than seven targets in another game after that. The rest of his season was terrible. He didn't grow with that offense. He didn't get any more trust. And they moved tight ends here and there. But they have uh, Bucky Hodges now uh, in, the, in the background. And I just don't see Vance McDonald being overly used there now. And for what people are buying him for, he is my cookout watermelon because you think it's going to be great. And he's actually going to be a disappointment. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I think I'm starting to learn with, with the tight end position. That's why I wanted to talk about Jared Cook earlier is that we really get intrigued by these guys like Vance McDonald and just so few of them actually, you know, pan out for us. I mean, I don't think it's, I'm not sure what he's going for. Well, I don't know if you look to see what it will cost to acquire Vance McDonald. So I don't know if the cost is really prohibitive, but I'm with you. You, you can't really pick him up and think he's anything more than like a, like a backup tight end for your team. Because, yeah, I mean, is, is there a world where Vance McDonald could have a big year? Absolutely. There's going to be some, some targets to, that someone will need to pick up in Pittsburgh. And he's certainly talented when he's been healthy, but that's the thing. He hasn't been healthy, right? So I, I, th- I think but- I, I agree with you because I, I do think that um, – yeah, like he looks good, like that watermelon in your eye, and sometimes you bite into it, it's like, oh, man, this stinks. It's very aesthetically pleasing in, yeah. in one moment. In general, I think the tight end landscape, to me, maybe I'm just poo-pooing on it. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, he was healthy most of last year. He didn't even play the first game, and then it was, it was actually, I think, week three against the, the Bucks where he did that 
And then everybody was like trying to snatch him up. I remember starting him in like seasonal leagues and be like, oh yeah, this with all will be fine. And he wasn't. He was horrible. Trey, are you going to take a bite of that watermelon that is Vance McDonald? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure where. No, probably not. I mean, I, I was trying to be nice, but I, I don't know what to make of that Pittsburgh offense. I, I'm not sure where they're going to go. I, I know they brought in Dante Moncrief, uh, which I, I have a, a little bit of, you know, slight optimism for. I think James Washington could take a, a big step forward. I, I'm not real sure what the whole the, – the Pittsburgh offense to me is – kind of I'm, I'm a little hesitant to engage in any of their pieces at, at their price there's a few other guys I think that are right in the same price range of Vance McDonald you know may, mainly Austin Hooper that I would probably prefer um, but he's going to be an interesting guy to watch I, I know there's been quite a few you know, Curtis Patrick and, and I think there, there was one other analyst I don't remember when Vance McDonald went from the 49ers to the Steelers that, that they were really excited about. So, so maybe the, maybe the breakout is, uh, is coming. Um, but I, I just feel like after adding Deontay Johnson in the draft and, you know, Juju and James Washington and Connor and Jalen Samuels, I, I just, I don't know. I, again, man, tight end is becoming quite the dichotomy, right? They're, they're the haves, AKA Travis Kelsey um, and, and the kind of middle ground of guys who could you know, the Hunter Henry's and Joku's and I, I kind of group Kittle and Ertz in that category. And then there's these fringe guys that we kind of hope will be tight end ones, but you know, just such uncertainty. So I don't know, man, I tight ends, a super interesting position heading into 2019. Yeah. Let's move on. So I'm going to talk about watermelon, not that exciting of a, a grill out. <laughs> Sorry. I'll tell you something that's exciting. I make this coconut lime chicken, guys, that is just delicious. It's like a little bit of curry in it and obviously the coconut and some spices. And like I cook the same. Basically, I use, I use chicken breast to cook this thing. And it's a go-to. It's, it's, you know, you, um, it's always delicious. And I think it's a bit underrated, but like we love it in my household. If I have company over, I tell them I make this coconut lime chicken. They're like, oh, okay. And I make it. They're like, that is unbelievable. So if you if you want the recipe, I can... I can, uh, you know, tweet it out at you. So, um, you know, at me on Twitter, slide into my DMs and I'll send it to you. What are the ingredients? Well, oh gosh, I need that. So I got to pull it up. So I don't have the recipe. Coconut coconut and lime involved. (laughs) Coconut and lime involved. But, you know, let's save that, Will, for the, for the Patreon show, actually, because we'll, I'll I'll talk about this at the Patreon show. So if you, if you, if you are interested, you can join us, patreon.com slash fantasy Joes. So anyway, who is a coconut lime chicken in the dynasty community? Always delicious, a bit underrated. I think it's Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan is a guy you can acquire cheaply. I'm looking at where he is in the dynasty quarterback rankings as of May, and he is at number 11. ADP. This is a this is not super flex ADP, but a 126. So Matt Ryan's a guy we just. I know he's 34 years old, but he was the quarterback three last year, and a lot of that had to do with his defense. They had to throw the ball a lot. But they're going to be good. Um, they they invest in the offensive line. They're going to protect Matt Ryan. You've got a, a, another year of – even though Calvin Ridley is 35 years old in the second year in the league, he, you've got him in the second year in the league. Julio Jones, uh, the aforementioned Austin Hooper, taking a step forward. So I'm really excited about the Atlanta offense. And 
Matt Ryan's a guy that I just think for what you can pay for him in, in, in Dynasty, especially in a Superflex league, I mean, or, or even in a one QB league, I think he's just a great value. He's a guy that's going to produce. He's going to be a QB one. And, and Matt Ryan, he's just delicious. He's underrated, but he's delicious, just like my coconut lime chicken. So scoop up some Matt Ryan. He's a guy that I, I love. What and do you think of Matt Ryan? You know who they got back as their offensive coordinator? Yes. Mr. Derek Cutter. Dirk Cutter. Not Derek. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dirk. <laughs> Dirk. Uh, Dirk Cutter. Dirk, Derek. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Cutter. <laughs> Dirk, uh, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> and his passing <laughs> offensive stats. So I looked through this, Ryan, too. This is my, I was doing my, like, a Chiefs deep dive uh, this week. But I ended up on Dirk Cutter. And mm-hmm. he's a great passing offensive coordinator. And so I think the Matt Ryan take here, he kind of – he hit – so hard last year. I think the buy low is a little tough, you know? It's like somebody who's tried your the, – the coconut uh, lime chicken is like, ooh, I want that again. And they're willing to go a little bit further, but that's the person that's eaten it consistently and is like, this is the best in the world, you know? So you're going to pay a little bit more than you used to. That's uh, true. Yeah, you because know, he, he just hit so hard last year. He's what, QB4, I think, overall? Three, three I think, depending, yeah, scoring. Yeah, depending, yeah, depending on your scoring. And so that gets noticed in Superflex super leagues pretty quickly. Um, let's, see, let's see. I'm going gonna... to – I'm all in on the, the Falcons passing offense. I'm kind of out on the running backs, and I think Matt Ryan is in for a big year. He's already worked with him in the past and had success. Yeah, I'm trying to see what, like, recent deals with, with Matt Ryan, if I can find something. But, uh, but Trey, what do you, what do you think? Are you, you're, you're a Matt Ryan fan, right? Yeah, I love this take. Um, all the apologies to Will because I feel like I've kind of poo-pooed Will's takes tonight, and um, you know I, I just I'm a, I'm a man of the people, so I, I try to just be real. But I, I do I mean I I think Matt Ryan, I, you know maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he's coming off like a top five quarterback performance last year. I feel like in a couple of my leagues he was like yes. quarterback two. Yes, he is a top. I, yeah, he's a top top three I mean, in most formats. Man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, for me, you look at that offense right now with Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones. I, I don't know. Why, why did I start with, with Devonta Freeman? Well, you look at that offense right now with Julio Jones, <laughs> and Calvin Ridley, and Austin Hooper, who I, I mentioned a little while ago. I, I think Austin Hooper had a very low – I mean, he was a top – I think he was a top five, five tight end last year. Maybe, maybe top six. I mean, he had a low-key, really big year. And he's only 24, 25 years old. I mean – uh, people are sleeping on Austin Hooper, man. Number, yeah, um, number six in PPR. You're right. Uh, come on. He's a number six tight end. I'm, people are sleeping on this guy in, in an offense that is growing and developing. Devonta Freeman is a receiving threat. Um, I, I think that there is a, a, a great chance for – I would almost consider just, just in the same way that Derrick Henry is a lock for RB1 next year, Matt Hint – I mean – Matt Ryan is a lock. Sorry, I mean, the, that Henry last name is getting me excited. Matt Ryan is a lock for a QB1. I think that Angel, Angel Zemmier drink is getting you excited, I think, Trey. Wow. Uh, okay, Listen. so here's, here's the Superflex League deal that went down. So what, what do you think? So uh, you, could, you could trade Josh Rosen in the 103 in a Superflex League for Matt Ryan. You do that? Josh, yeah, no question. Yeah, so that I mean that's that's great value. You need a quarterback. You got Rosen. You don't believe him, and you got the one hundred three. Yeah, so it's Miles like Sanders it. or Nikhil Harry. Pick your poison. Right. It's one one of those rookies. Um, yeah. Plus, plus Rosen. Plus, I'm rebuilding. Just, yeah, if yeah. if I'm a if I'm a rebuilder, that would that would be a decent sell point for me. I'd probably want a little bit better quarterback in return. 
because I think there's, you know, yeah. But for a contender, I, I like that deal. Very nice. All right, well, guys, let's do like a little rapid fire because we're starting to get a little bit long on uh, on the show. But but let's do a couple of rapid fire, and then we'll save some for the Patreon only episode. I will, I'll just I'll plug it in again: patreon.com slash fantasy joes. Um, so, guys, w- w- um, what do you want to um, use as your last one? So, uh, uh, Trey, you want to go first, and what, who's your last? Um, you know, last guy you want to throw out there for this Memorial Day weekend when we're out cooking out, grilling, whatever we're doing. Yeah, so I'll throw this out because I'll, I'll say the other, the other one I think is is a little bit more actionable, although this, this is a guy that I really like. So heading into this offseason, there has been some, some changes that are taking place. We all know about this rookie tight end class, right? The, the rookie tight end class of 2018 is is widely considered to be one of the best tight end classes we've seen. Not only at the top end, right, with with your Noah Fance, uh, which for me is a tight end one, um, your TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, I mean, Will just freaking gloating here is like basically half. Hey, I hit that end. early in like week four of the college season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ha, ha, basically, I, th- I think half of the tight end ones this year in the NFL are going to be from the University of Iowa. Um, but there's a guy a little further down the radar. I, this is a guy that I think you can get in your th- in like the third or, or even the fourth round in your rookie drafts, which, which for me is a guy I'm trying to grab everywhere I can. And, and that's a guy by the name of Josh Oliver, okay? Josh Oliver maybe is a guy that you've heard of. Maybe he's not, okay? Josh Oliver is a tight end that went in the very beginning of the third round. He was the fifth pick of the third round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's 22 years old. He's 6'5". He's 249 pounds. And he came from uh, San Jose State. And one of the things about Josh Oliver that has stood out to me, well, there's two. One is that John DeFilippo, who many of you probably know, went from the Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll hold on to that for just a minute, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So John DeFilippo is now in Jacksonville, and he has already come out and said that Josh Oliver is going to be our F tight end, okay? So the F tight end for those of you that don't know, is the move tight end, okay? It's not the blocking tight end. It's the tight end that's moved around the formation and used in a receiving capacity, all right? It's the Zach Ertz role, if you will, in that offense. John Filippo came from the Philadelphia Eagles in 2018 with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz as their quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles targeted the tight end position 35% of the time, number one in the NFL, Okay. John Filippo now is in Jacksonville with oh, Nick Foles. They draft Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver right now heading into training camp is the tight end one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The same Jacksonville Jaguars that have Nick Foles as their quarterback and John Filippo kind of running the offense. The same offense that has Leonard Fournette, which I believe they will feature, which will open up the play action. They've got D.D. Westbrook. They've got Marquis Lee. I believe that, and this is not me just being hyperbolic. I believe that Josh Oliver, as a 22-year-old tight end rookie in the NFL, has a legitimate chance of being a top 12 to top 15 tight end this year. 
and, and it's not based on, I mean, it, you look at his, like, you know, you go to player profile, you know, he's, he runs a four, six forties speed scores in like the 86 percentile, you know, th- this is not, um, Oh, what's his name? The Miami tight end from last year that we, that we love from, from Penn state that blew up the con Mike Kosicki. This is yeah. not Mike Kosicki. This is not an, an elite athlete per se at the tight end position. This is a guy that's just falling into a wonderful landing spot. He's a good athlete. He's got good straight line speed. His, his three cone, his, his agility scores are not fantastic, but his straight line speed is easily good enough to, to threaten in the seam and to be good off play action. I think Josh Oliver is a fantastic guy to add to your dynasty rosters. I don't think that any time that you, well, you wanted to be rapid fire. That's it. That Josh Oliver's the guy. <laughs> I'd love to add. I, I, you know, I think he could really splash in year one, but I think three years from now we could be talking about Josh Oliver as a top three to five tight end in the league. Yeah, I think I think it's a good take. I think where you get him in rookie drafts, he, he he's he's definitely interesting, and I I don't have the same high hopes for his rookie season, but I think two three years on the road he could be interesting there. Uh, Will, you got any Josh Oliver thoughts, or do you want to jump into your rapid-fire player? Uh, Do I get the same amount of time for rapid-fire for mine? No. uh, So that's a wide-open tight end depth chart. Uh, Josh Oliver is so cheap. Why wouldn't you scoop him up, you know, in that that sense? Like, I'm actually very curious to see how the Jaguars' tight end landscape plays out. They have Jeff Swain who was on the Cowboys, I believe, last year. And that's right. Know, like, maybe are they going to – is there a wide receiver that's, like, super big that they can play tight end or something that's moved tight end? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, they, they also have James O'Shaughnessy. And, and DeFilippo was at Minnesota when they had Kyle Rudolph, and he still did nothing. So, uh, the, the, the coaching narrative, I hope – I really hope that he's so much better and, and gets more catches. The whole Jacksonville offense – is somebody you might as well buy because I think you can get them cheap enough where you can minimize a lot of risk on all the receivers and tight ends. So they, right. they were, their, their flip-flop of the year last year was insane. So this is uh, uh, my next uh, part of the barbecue is, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the, the drunk uncle or the drunk aunt, the cousin or somebody who has a fringe invite and is here to party. And oops, I forgot to bring anything except for a thirst for your booze. Uh, it is definitely crucial for this to complete any fun Iowa barbecue. You got to have a fall guy and somebody that's always drunker than you are. And this is that family member or friend member. Whew. They hadn't eaten any food, but they have smashed at least 15 bush lights to your counting. And maybe even shotgun a couple of them. Yeah, they're 42, <laughs> but they're still cool. And they know what's going on. And, and they're saying whatever brand you support uh, is terrible. Whatever brand they support is the best. And you don't understand what you're talking about because you're too young. You don't have a chance. And they're, they're ready to ask some questions. They're like, hey, hey, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious what you guys would say. Uh, which, uh, which rookie wide receiver, Fancy Joe's, except for Nikhil Harry, he, can't, he doesn't count, uh, will have the best season in 2019? What do you guys think? Come on, come on, tell me, come on. 
2019, the best rookie wide receiver. Um, I, I think maybe it's Debo Samuel. Is, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not big on necessarily taking him, but I think in terms of production in 2019, I guess I'd bet on him. I think it's full, full PPR for me. It's Andy Isabella. No, no question. I think mostly probably he's going to rack up. I mean, I, I think 80 catches is not out of the realm of possibility. I think that they're going to do a lot of, a lot of playing from behind there in Arizona. I think that um, Andy Isabella for me in PPR is going to be the, the top. I, I think he trumps I, in honestly full PPR. I think he's, he finishes above Harry. I take Isabella over Harry in uh, PPR leagues. As far as just, Ooh, just, oh yeah. that's interesting. Just, just in 2019 finish, not in, uh, not, not, not in, you know, yeah. So, so will I, I have to ask you how, now where is this going with rapid fire? Is this, now are you going to name a, a rookie wide receiver here? Or where are we going with this? Your drunk uncle, man, listen, is listen, all over the place. Listen. This hey, is John Conkle, man. He's, he, listen, let him, let him, let right, him roll. Right. Listen, Dad. I, got some, I got some questions you need to answer. Yo, we, we should save the drunk uncle, though. We need to sober up a little bit for the, for the Patreon episode. We've got to save a little content for the Patreon episode. Mm, I cannot and will not. Uh, <laughs> no, I, let's no. wrap it up. Come on, let's wrap it up. Okay, okay. The, the, the only other question I'm going to add for fun, just for the end of this episode, will be then, uh, since um, hand-boned off your expensive beer and thick pork chops, which I only ate half of them chucked in your face, because I'm upset because I'm a French family member. Uh, you only have $50 in your pocket, and you must bet on who's going to be the top rookie running back outside of Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery. Who are you going to bet that has the best rookie season and why? Rapid fire. Uh, Damian Harris. I, I, just think, I, I just think with that um, – Patriots backfield. I, I, I think he's going to be the goal line guy in, in New England. I think he's going to get a lot of goal line carries. He's going to surprise a lot of people. I think Sonny Michelle is going to frustrate people. He's going to be like the between the twenties guy on the ground. I think James White's going to have a big year. And I think, I think Harris is going to be the goal line back in, in New England. So that's, who, that's my guy. Well, Will, I'm going to make you happy here. And I, I'm going to take a little bit of a dark horse. I, I have a guy that you guys know that I want to take here. And it's the other, it's the other running back that I would take right there. Andy Isabella. Alongside Damian Harris. I, I mean, I'm even tempted to take him ahead of Damian Harris. That's Alexander Madison. However, I'm going to take a, a, a little bit of a dark horse. I, I'm going to, we, we talked about the Atlanta Falcons offense earlier and I'm going to, I'm going to tickle Will's fancy. I'm going to tickle the drunk uncle's fancy here. And I'm going to go deep Quadri Allison, okay? Yeah, I love it. I'm going to predict week three, Devonta Freeman goes down with a concussion. I know th- this seems shocking, right? Like the guy's, the guy's, you know, a warrior. And, and a guy by the name of Quadri Allison, who I think can be a three-down back for Atlanta, comes in and, and finishes as a top, you know, 24 running back, so. Other than the top three, I'm going to take Quadri Allison as my dark horse to be the highest scoring uh, PPR running back in, in fantasy this year. Yeah, I can't stand up until the Patreon episode now, so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Mission uh, accomplished. $50 in your pocket and you put it on Quadri. I think I'm going to put it on Justice Hill is my honest opinion. I think uh, Mark Ingram 
he hasn't really ever had that full on feature role. And if they took Justice Hill in the fourth, uh, I, I just I think Mark Ingram's old, and he's he's going to get into that offense, and it's going to be so much different than the Saints. He's going to get hurt, is my guess. I honestly think if I'm betting on an injury candidate for this year, it's Mark Ingram early on. How dare you! <laughs> and, and Justice Hill just won't get suspended as many times as as uh, like Kenneth Dixon, which people still think is valuable somehow. Is a fourth round pick who's basically never played. Shocking. I mean, I, I, I was big on the Kenneth Dixon hype back in the day, but I was also big on the CJ Prosize hype back in the day, and he didn't do anything either. Like I said, <laughs> how dare you? I, I, I think that, that was my, where my mind first went. You know, like, who, who's the guy that really could burst on the scene? But I, I'm actually a Mark Ingram believer. I, I think that Mark Ingram is just a consummate pro. I think he's a guy that's going to grind out the season, and I don't think Justice Hill is going to quite get, you know, it's pretty well documented. I listened to a podcast this week where Evan Silva discussed, and I believe that he talked about the backfield there in Baltimore. And I believe as of right now, Justice Hill is the only running back under contract for the 2019, I'm sorry, 2020 season in Baltimore. So I think that uh, there's a really good possibility that Justice Hill has a, an opportunity there. But I like Mark Ingram this year to have have some production um i don't know i like it though and, and we yeah. didn't even, I was just no, saying, if i had to bet 50 dollars, that's what was going to go on outside of those top three yeah no one even mentioned Darrell henderson their listeners are like what about Darrell henderson what about todd Gurley? well we'll talk more about that on the next episode i suppose but for now we got to get out of here um we are at ff joes on twitter we're the fantasy joes we appreciate you listening you can also become a patreon supporter go to patreon.com slash fantasy joes and check it out patreon supporters get a bonus episode twice a month during the off season so you want to check that out so on behalf of trey barrett and will greenwood i'm ryan livergood and we are the fantasy joes keep yourself up and quad me over